welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got our usual crew. We've got Adam in Iowa. We got Rihanna in New York, and me in lovely Providence, Rhode Island. How are, how is everyone doing? Are you guys having a, a nice week? Yeah, I don't even think we're live yet, but I'm having a great week. Oh, we are now. We're good. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm having sorry. a great week. I I saw the little live beepy thing on my screen. Oh, did you? Yeah, I just got the countdown. So yeah, that does confirm I'm in Iowa. My uh, <laughs> internet. Things are good in New York. At least I assume. I'm camped out in my apartment running the air conditioner as much as I can. Like a good southerner. Um. Right, right, right. We got solar panels back at Christmas time. And so it just has taken away all self-control on energy usage. Because, like, we, we ran the air conditioners like crazy, and our electric bill was $8 because of the solar panels. And so I was like, Oh, my right, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I psychologically, like, I just equate in the summer being cold with money. And I, even if I'm at somebody else's house and I'm not having to pay for it, even if I'm at, like, a rental house, like, I just equate it with, I don't know. I don't know. It seems too opulent for me. So I am burning up. <laughs> Also, uh, yeah, the background noise. That's my air conditioner running at full blast. Sorry. We've gotten in this discussion before, though. How the whole, how cold is too cold, right? Oh, like, what do you run yours at? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we've just got these cheap old window units, so it's like high cool or low cool are like our uh, options, you know? Okay. Mine's a fancy window unit, and I see that I have it set at the scandalous low temperature of 73. I normally keep it at 74. Really? Jeez Louise. I'm more of a 72 guy myself. What are you running, Adam? Not even going to say. Just keep, <laughs> keep removing. It's 64 degrees. It used to be. Apartment. It used to be until I was chastised so much for it. And I'm like, fine, whatever. So it's either 68, 69, 70, one of those. Just off of the camera, you, there's actually like sides of meat being hung in Adam's <laughs> apartment, you know? It feels, no, it feels great, man. It feels amazing in this place. It feels good. It's not, it's not too cold, you know? Um, I don't, yeah, it's, it is what it is, you know? It's, it is what it is. You guys already made me warm it up five degrees, so like... I mean, I'm about God, to get up and break. go change mine. Now that I see that it's all the way down to 73, I'm like, oh my gosh. Rhiannon's going to pump hers up just to counterbalance you. No, I'm sweating. <laughs> Thinking about 73, I'm like, oh man. I'd get dehydrated. Like, when I'm working out in my living room, I crank it all the way down. It can't be cold enough. But otherwise, yeah, 73 to 76, which is totally what our listeners tune in for. I was about to say, this is riveting conversation, Sorry, you guys. I'm sure. Uh, so let's talk about, last week was uh, uh, Comic-Con, and we'll get to a few other things. But Rhiannon, I think it would suffice to say that last week when we recorded, we said that everybody would hear about what you guys did with Save Daredevil, but I think they ended up hearing about something totally different than we thought they would hear about. Right. So tell us about this. So, I mean, like, I was totally hinting at the uh, Stephen Denight, Eric Olson panel, which is riveting and wonderful. Like, if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. 
I don't think it made a single headline. Um, but Eric Olson just straight up said what they were planning for season four. And that was to soft reboot Typhoid Mary, the Alice Eve Typhoid Mary, and make her a love interest for Matt Murdock. And I hate the whole freaking world for not giving me that. Like, that is all I wanted from the Daredevil series. Was the Typhoid Mary Matt relationship storyline. And we are so close to getting it, and we didn't get it. And I hate the world. I hate people. Ian. Dead. Uh, and I should have practiced this ahead. What is Peter's last name? Shinkoda. Shinkoda. Okay. Peter Shinkoda, who played Nobu on Daredevil. Um, let it slip that uh, I'm going to try to directly quote this. Jeff Loeb suggested that no one gives a bleep about Asian people, I believe was the direct quote. Yeah, and if you watch the interview, he definitely didn't let it slip. This was definitely something that Peter... I mean, he even tweeted about it a week or two ago that he was thinking of saying something on this and, you know, like, searching his heart and everything if he would say it. And yeah, he um, he said that the writers on Daredevil told him that Jeff Lope had said nobody gives an ish about Asian people trying to keep it so you don't have to bleep. And I mean, and went on, I mean, he tweeted this later. I don't remember. So Peter was in two panels. There was a panel and then there was this, like everybody picked up on this from this one. I don't remember which one, which video it was, but he also went on to say, um, like he, well, no, he said later in the, um, in this one that he wasn't invited to the premiere parties, him and, Cho, the actress that plays Madame that plays Gao. Madame Gao, the actress that plays Madame Gao. Oh, oh her last name's. Um, anyways, um, I apologize for not knowing her name. Um, that they were not invited to the season two premiere party, uh, which we've seen some other actors that like didn't get that invite and were definitely put off by it. Um, the actress is Wei Ching Ho. Wei Ching Ho. I knew it, I knew it was Ho. And I had the cha, but I had it all wrong. Um, Wei Ching Ho. Um, so, like, the two of them weren't invited to the premiere party. And that, like, the writers had a plan for Nobu um, that, that was supposed to be deeper and everything. And instead, they were told that nobody cared about the backstory for Asian people. And not to bother. So that's the news that everybody picked up on. I think everybody should totally be talking about Typhoid Mary. Because that's really exciting. And the other part is just, as I said earlier, I hate people. (laughs) So Adam, as a journalist, I don't know, like, do you want to talk about kind of how this story reverberates, I don't know, in fandom and in your circles and stuff? the most striking thing for me is nobody is saying anything um i reached i officially reached out by now to over a dozen parties whether it be writers showrunners producers um the accused um uh peter and disney 
um, and hadn't been heard a single word back, um, which is very startling for 2020, which with what everything else is going on, um, Disney um, didn't release a comment. I even went to the length of um, contacting uh, some Hulu people to see, you know, well, Jeff is an executive producer on there. Is he going to be included in the press? Because he hasn't yet. Um, and complete radio silence um, all around the board. Stephen tonight did tweet. Like, somebody asked him via Twitter, and he did respond just basically that he didn't experience anything like that. So that's the closest to us to anything publicly. It's it's very unfortunate. You know, you, you would even expect um something from disney um so it's very unfortunate nobody um nobody said anything about it i feel like some of this is that because marvel studios tv is marvel television studios whatever it was called because that's dead and because Loeb is not with the company anymore it's almost just kind of like eh He's off our payroll. We're not messing with it anymore. You know, like it almost feels like they're just being hands off because they just chalk it up to a previous regime. Even though Disney was around for all of this, you know, like it's I don't because everything's dead. They're just kind of walking away from it, you know. Right. And I think that's also part of the reason that everybody felt comfortable talking is that like the regime feels like it's gone, so it's okay to talk about the things that did i mean like from talking about season four plans to talking about what went on behind the scenes that people probably normally wouldn't talk about well we should say i mean at least one person felt comfortable talking about this and that's peter himself exactly yeah and and he absolutely felt that talking i mean you if you watch the video it is just gut-wrenching because it isn't like this guy said he's like on the verge of tears um, as he as he tells the story. Like you can tell that he knows that he is possibly risking his career by coming out and saying something so um, definitive. And there were comments, I know at least on social media, I think maybe in the videos as well. Part of his frustration is that apparently he was promised to be the main villain of Defenders at some point. And then one day him and his agent, you know, turned on their computers and they're seeing the trades reporting that Sigourney Weaver has been, you know, brought on as the main villain of that show. And he was very, I think, frustrated and upset that he was, he felt like he'd been replaced and they didn't even tell him about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've talked enough about how Defenders just sort of felt like it was on a different course than everything that was set up. So to me, a lot of that tracks, like a lot of what was wrong with Defenders was that it felt like it was setting up the hand and it was setting up Nobu and there was this dark world that it was, you know, this this complex thing being set up. And then it just kind of went in this other direction with Dragon Bones and Alexandra and that she's like dying of cancer of, I, and Iron Fist messed with it too, Bakudo and the whole like hand university as we used to mock it you know like that was really weird too 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, a lot of what he was saying there, like, as, as he talked about that, I was like, oh, now it all makes sense. Like, that's absolutely what it seemed like they were going towards. Such a shame that they didn't go that direction. Um, it would have been a stronger product. And I think that's, you know, um, I think we talked a little bit just sort of, you know, like, did Jeff Loeb say it? Did he not? I, I only know what Peter said, and I have, Peter has absolutely no reason to be lying about it. I mean, it can only, I, I, I believe Peter in what he says. Um, and whether Jeff said it or some Netflix exec said it and, you know, and the writers, you know, just like the, the game of telephone or whatever, no matter who said it, it damaged the property. You know, that whatever that mindset was that was communicated damaged the property. And Jeff ultimately was the leader of this property and did not keep that mindset from ruining the defenders. I think it's fair for all of us to say, I mean, you can go back and listen to the episodes we made around Iron Fist and Defenders and Daredevil. I don't know if we were around for Daredevil season two, but one of the things we talked about, the three of us over and over and over again, is that Gao is the most interesting, mysterious thing on this show. And every time she did something and popped up, we we're like, oh, what is the background to that? And I think we all felt very unfulfilled that they never capitalized. It was it was kind of like a J.J. Abrams like mystery box that never went anywhere. And I think you know you could listen to our shows from four years ago or whatever, and you'd find that we felt that way back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if anybody was that diligent, we have the receipts that that like this is something that's always bothered us, huh? We, by the way, we don't suggest you listening to our episodes from four years ago. I'm not sure they're necessarily all that good. But <laughs> um, Well, let me just ask this. I mean, does this, I don't know. We, we all, I think, enjoyed the Netflix shows a lot. We all enjoyed the Daredevil shows. Adam, does this make you feel different about the shows, like in retrospect? Or are they kind of what they are in your mind? Uh, they are what they are, you know, then that's... I'm not sure if that that's a personal fault. It's um, and, and that's a whole other topic and rabbit hole we can we can go down. You know, is separating the um, creators from the created or, or separating the creators from the art. Right? That's a that's a whole completely other can of worms. I don't want to open up at the moment. I mean, in my personal opinion. You know, I don't think. Um, I mean, it impacted the shows because Daredevil season two was just this complete mess, and it's probably one of my least favorite things on Netflix, right? Um, but I don't think it impacts everything on Netflix. You know, I mean, should should the um, alleged comments be true and stuff? You know, it's it, it's very crappy. It's god awful for for Jeff Loeb to say that, but that doesn't mean. Um, just because Jeff Loeb was an executive producer on Daredevil season three, that we should stop liking Daredevil season three because Eric Olson wrote his heart out on that, and a dozen actors acted their hearts out on that. You know, um, it's it's a much different situation than um, 
like watching Louis C.K. stand up or something, right? Agreed. I, I, I mean, for me, I think the only thing that it changes is that what might have been. You know, like when you watch it and you're like, oh, that would have been so much better if they had gone that route. But it doesn't change the parts that I already like. Um, you know, it just, it just, I mean, it's amazing as good as Daredevil is. The fact that it could have been even better, you know, that second season could have been stronger, you know, that's the only part that it changes for me. Yeah. And I think for many people, they'll say it doesn't change that much because I already had suspicions about Loeb. You know, like on, on this show, we've kind of like lovingly, lovingly, like kind of joked about Loeb, you know, almost like he's our grumpy uncle that listens to the show as we've teased. But I think for other people, they would say, oh, no, not hiring an Asian person to play Iron Fist. And then, you know, the lack of interest in like the martial arts of Iron Fist and then Loeb showing up to Comic-Con wearing a karate kid outfit, you know, like in front of the crowd, like they would just look at all those things and they would go, this isn't a surprise. This is exactly what we should have thought this guy was from all these other little indicators. And you know, I can't fault anybody for that feeling at this point, because now we've got this major data point that suggests those were not periphery moments of him not being sensitive. It was maybe actually a, a more defined pattern, you know? And yeah, and I mean, if you look, I mean, I even joked about, like, the different seasons of Daredevil, they were just picking a specific ethnic group or, uh, I guess, nationality each season to be the villains. The Russians, the Armenians, the Hand, the Kitchen Irish, the, I mean, the, it already felt those parts were icky. They just, there was so much good around it that it was dismissible for me but i know people that have called it out since season one that have called out elements like that of the show since season one uh along these lines as well i've also seen i don't know if you guys have seen a couple tweets from people i don't know who they are but people who claim to like have been at marvel creative retreats with jeff Loeb and other places that just kind of said yeah he was kind of a jerk like he kind of like treated other people like crap he would make fun of people and act like he was hot stuff and like you know, I mean, that happens a lot of times. One of these things happens where all of a sudden you hear from people um, who also experience bad stuff. But that's not been fun either to hear other folks suggest that he was kind of a jerk in other contexts, you know. Yeah. And I mean, the other weird thing about this for full context, and this is not an attempt to defend him at all. It's weird that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a show that, you know, two of the five main leads in that show are Asian women, you know, and you can suggest, I think probably fairly that, uh, Marissa Tacheron, is that how you say it, Adam? I don't know her last sure. name. Yeah. Jed Whedon's, uh, Jed Whedon's wife, who's also a producer on that show. It may be that, you know, Jed and her and Marissa's, um, the reason why that show has been better about those things, but that's a big part of what Loeb has done with Marvel. And it has been very focused on, storylines around Asian people. So that's kind of weird, you know, I feel like in, in light of all this stuff. I I wonder how much 
one thing Jeff has consistently said is how much they are at the mercy of the networks. And, you know, a lot with Netflix, he would talk about that, that it was up to the network and stuff. So I wonder if some of it was communicating on behalf of the network or if it was really him. I mean, I, and I'm not saying that to defend him at all. I, I, I'm just the difference between shield and the, the Defenders series is Netflix versus ABC. Let me ask one more question for you, Rhiannon. So as somebody who's worked on Save Daredevil for a long time, and I know there's a lot of people who really care about bringing that show back. What I've experienced on Twitter is this kind of weird thing where you guys worked crazy hard to do these awesome panels to continue keeping that flame alive. And then the response that I've seen out of some people is, oh, geez, that show was kind of racist in the way it was written and done. And that's proof that we shouldn't save Daredevil and that we should reboot it. I mean, I know that's got to be kind of frustrating for you guys. Like, what's that been like? Um, I mean, I can only speak for me and that, I, you know... Everything that they've done, it's had a reaction from some people in the, oh, the campaign is done. You know, we fully expected all the news articles to be, Eric Olison was willing to spill the beans on season four. Season four is never happening. The show's never coming back. This is a sign that, you know, nothing's ever, ever happened. You know, we were prepared for there to be downers. Um, Adam's got a copy of that on his desktop somewhere, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't even gotten into that panel yet, by the way. I haven't even watched it yet. Yeah. Um, it was also going to be the owl, Owsley, uh, Leland Owsley's son, who's going to also, um, but I mean, you know, every, every time we've done something, there's been some press on, oh, this campaign should just roll up and, you know, be done because of this thing. Um, so I, I mean, there's a different emotional aspect because of what's happening, but, um, I mean, we didn't expect to be riding high when this was over. But I have to say, it was amazing. Um, I mean, Save Daredevil Con in general, uh, that team put together so much stuff. There was such a combination of these panels and interactive stuff. We did three trivia sessions. They opened up a Discord server that everybody could go and like chat with each other while you watch the episodes. Like they had the episodes playing through the Discord server. None of this, like everybody hit play now. It was like actually watching it. There were people associated with the show that came and joined and chatted with the fans, um, some of the crew and all of that. There, there was amazing things, and I think that's sort of um, more of the lasting effect than the 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 downer all right let's talk about um the only other thing i think that has happened we talked about new mutants last week um adam now that everybody has seen the hellstrom panel if they want to or the hellstrom trailer uh do you have any thoughts on that do you want to just share your thoughts about what they showed and yeah i like it um well they showed all the hellstroms three of them three of the four Mm, yeah, they showed three of the four Hellstroms. Um, they showed Caretaker. They showed June Carroll's character. They showed Ariana's character. Um, they showed um, Elaine's character. Um, and it's spooky. It's um, it's spooky. 
I don't know what else to to say from the trailer. It has total exorcist vibes if you um that asylum shot or whatever. Um I have a pretty good feeling that's kind of the general vibe um they might take, you know, for the first few episodes. Um and then it'll probably get spookier hopefully, maybe. Um I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't think it was bad um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there, It certainly brought all the Hellstrom stands out of the woodwork um, about how they're doing Damon and, and Anna wrong. Um, so that was awesome to see. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to gatekeep. Where have you guys been the past two years? Um yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, I totally didn't mind it, you know, um, and it's probably going to get on, um, I didn't see too much negative stuff, I mean, I don't know, man, that's, it is what it is, you know, the reactions, um, would it be fair to say from what you've seen, I mean, this is what I've seen, there's a lot of people that just were kind of meh on the show, like, I think for some people it looks like a generic horror show that's not necessarily a comic horror show. Right, 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 right. And there's it's 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 very frustrating because I know much more than the trailer as you two know of, and it's very frustrating to see the trailer they put out. So that's the biggest thing. I mean, the majority of of crap I saw is just the the whole is it canon? Is it not canon? Um, I mean, everyone loved Legion, and that's not MCU canon, you know? Um, and it's it's another one of these types of things. I'm already pretty much holding out the white flag because it doesn't have a fighting chance. Um, now, you also, for comic book, got a um, you got an official statement from Disney about mm-hmm. slapping or not slapping Marvel, Marvel on the uh, show, right? Uh, but no, it's, it, it is the studio's official position that it is... It's far too into the horror thing um, to be branded Marvel. Um, which, um, even though it came directly from Disney, everyone on um, the Reddit, subreddit, Marvel Studios spoilers um, says that's wrong. That's the worst place on the internet, by the way. If you two have ever been to Marvel Studios spoilers, don't go. It's it's the worst place on the face of the it's 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 incredibly stupid. It's it's bizarre. So it is Hulu's not gonna listen to it. Hellstrom I mean Hulu's not gonna listen to this, but Hellstrom it's it's horror. I mean it, there's no getting around it. It is hard R excruciating horror. Um which is which is silly because they didn't show any of it in the trailer. I've always had a gut feeling we would never get any of that from Marvel Studios, right? I full, We're not getting a Blood Raven Blade if it's a theatrical release, right? It's not like Mahershala Ali's Blade's going to decapitate people with his... Well, he might decapitate people, but he's not going to, you know, not entrails and blood and guts, right? I don't... I don't know, man. I I mean, I that's what Disney told me. Um, so I I'm going with that. It's it's far too horror. I mean, there's all sorts of business decisions as why they won't want to brand it and marketing. 
But yeah, I, there might be a little surprise on that front too. Don't give up hope quite yet. It's peculiar. It's just, it's such a weird situation. Uh, Rhiannon, did you see the uh, trailer? What'd you think? I saw the trailer and it didn't call to me at all. But, like, I don't know the characters, so it's not like, oh, I'm so excited because this person or something. And, I mean, without having that background or anything, there was nothing in it that got me excited. But I say that all the time when there's a new trailer, so I feel like I, I, I just don't you know, get called to by trailers. I find interesting what you said, Adam, because my overwhelming feeling was just, oh, that's not particularly spooky. Just because, um, oh, I don't even remember what the name of it is. The, uh, the, um, Mike Coulter's like supernatural horror show that's been on CBS. Uh, I don't know. He plays like an exorcist detective or something. The first time I saw a trailer for that, like it legitimately made me jump. I was like, "Oh, I don't like it." Made me not want to see it because I don't like the horror stuff. But like, I watched it. I was like, "That's scary." And I was kind of worried that the Hellstrom trailer would do that. And I just watched it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, crazy lady." You know, like it just didn't. I don't know. I think you're saying that too, though. Like it doesn't capture. I guess no. They uh, they stripped that all entirely. Uh, they stripped that entirely out of the trailer. Which is just bewildering. I don't know. It's horror. I, I I don't know. Like I said, Hulu's not going to listen to our damn podcast. I mean, it's it's free publicity. They're not getting anywhere else on the internet since nobody's <laughs> talking about Hellstrom. Um, it's horror, and they didn't put any of that in the uh, trailer. You know, and that's the other thing. It it would have made sense if they stripped that out of the trailer if they had Marvel branding on it. Um. But they didn't have Marvel branding yet, and they and they stripped that out, and then all these people are like, "Oh, that's not scary or anything." But well, it sounds like if if all that's true, though, I guess the hope will be that when it comes out, a few people will watch it, and then you'll get word of mouth that goes, "Oh, wow, this is a lot better." You know, like uh, I mean, it's not uh, apples to apples, but like nobody talked about Stranger Things until it was three weeks out because like it took a while to like catch its audience. And so I guess the hope would be that Hellstrom will catch a horror audience and there'll be some people that will check it out just because it's a horror show on streaming and it'll start to like catch on with that community. You know? That's that's exactly the case. It's If anything, it's going to be a super late response um, and people are going to be hoping um, for a Blade in the same vein or um, an Elsa Bloodstone in the same fa- vein or any other horror character in the same vein. Um, I do want to pull up one thing, and it's the biggest fact-checking thing I've seen. If you're listening to this, Hellstrom is not replacing Ghost Rider. I really I really need you people to, to understand that. Um, I, I saw that flame get reignited with, with this whole Jeff Loeb situation as well. Um, but it, it's just not the case, you know, right. Cause this was greenlit first as I remember it, it. Well, they were greenlit at the same time. Um, and, but Hellstrom was already, I mean, they had sets built. They had, they had everything. They were practically ready to film cameras once the, um, TV and studios merger happened and Ghost Rider was not. Um, so that's just a quick fact checking. You can, you can search it and you can, 
do the maths for for yourself. Um, but Hellstrom is not a Ghost Rider replacement. Um, but you will probably um, be upset once you see Hellstrom and really wish you could have a Ghost Rider in the same um, tone. Is what I'm guessing. Is what I'm what I'm guessing and what I hope happens. Um, I'm fully prepared for it to be a one and done. I mean, people already said it's canceled. It's also not canceled, but, and that's the other thing, you know, Marvel Studios was never going to use Satana Hellstrom and, and Damon Hellstrom. So maybe, maybe there's still hope that it could live on Hulu, I guess. There's also, I mean, it reminds me a lot of the animated shows kind of situation where we got announced four shows at once. And they canceled two of them. And it's not, again, there was no replacement. It's just they kept the two that they had already done work on. Actually work on, right. Right. And I think this is the exact, almost the exact same thing, where they greenlit several shows and they just only kept the one that already had money sunk into it. Right, right, right. And so, I mean, the best case scenario, um, if people want R-rated horror, you should probably support hellstrom so that marvel studios sees people are actually watching it on hulu and and can kick ghost rider back up or any of the other horror characters they have like with the success of swamp thing like an a, a horror man thing would do so well it just it would kill it um yeah it seems a lot to me like this this would be an example of um, like who Marvel can use this to judge appetite for Hulu. And it's not fair, but if this show does not get watched on Hulu, then Marvel can for years point to it and be like, oh, we tried to do a Marvel heart, you know, like edgy dark show and nobody watched it. So that's why we don't do anything kind of like they would like do one crappy female-led superhero movie, and then when it didn't succeed because it wasn't supported, all the producers would be like, oh, I guess they just don't like women-led characters. Sorry, we're just going to have to not do that anymore. Right. Just watch it. Enjoy it. I mean, come on. It's only, what, 10 episodes, I think? Have we even got an episode count? I hope it's not 13. I think it should be 13. I think if you're going to no. do a horror series, it needs to be 13 episodes. Yeah. And then the last episode comes out on Friday and, you know. Mm-hmm. Or Halloween. Oh, they are dropping the whole thing at once, right? I do believe so. October 16th. Right. So, because I thought when they first said an October release date, I'm like, well, that makes sense for the first couple episodes, but then you're going to have your horror finale right in time for the holidays, you know? So that makes sense to me. You binge it. You let people binge it, you know, during Halloween season. That's about all the major, I mean, that's all the news I really have to talk about. We hear that Flash Thompson's coming back for Spider-Man 3. Surprise. I know there's more and more talk about Shang-Chi filming soon, but I feel like we've said that every week for the last three times we've done this podcast. Um, Is there anything I missed that you guys can think of? Um... We should. I would. I don't want to. Bring, I kind of want to bring it up, but I don't. Kevin Feige is. He plays chess. The man is a chess player, and the rest of Hollywood and everyone is playing checkers. 
because for the longest time, Kevin Feige said he wanted an Iron Fist movie. And for the past, for eight years he said that. And then for the past five years, that's totally been out the way. And he's coming out with Shang-Chi. And I'm, he's he just plays chess. He's, he's either um, has enough money that he's like hired or like sold his soul. Um, or hired like a time traveling shaman or something. Or he's just very, very, very strategic. Um, because what with everything's going on, if Shang-Chi comes out next year, um, it's going to inevitably draw comparisons to the Iron Fist. Yeah, and then there's also that rumor that I've even heard people squash, but I still kind of believe that maybe that was intentional. You know, that maybe Feige held Shang-Chi back from being an Iron Fist so that he'd have it available. Um, that wouldn't be the first time it's happened. Looking at you, Mark Spector. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for news. Unless you guys have something else. We can talk about shield. Uh, last night we, we went back to afterlife and, and back to the Maliks and back to blood transfusions and, uh, yeah, what you guys think? Um, right out of the gates, I, I do want to say I've already been researching um, who Ian DeCastester's... What's his name? Ian DeCastecker. Um, I've been researching his um, managerial team and his agents because if my writing career takes off, I need them <laughs> to get right. me top billing on every project and doing none of the work. I mean, they kind of had to do it because if they had ripped his name off of the show, it would have revealed to everyone what they're doing. But still, yeah, he seems like he probably got paid for doing a lot less work. Last night was like seven ten, right? It was the tenth episode. Uh, at the end of the episode, they said one more episode before the series finale. So either it's a two part series finale, or um, I think it is. But his name's his name isn't on the title cards at the beginning. Okay, but he's still even even if he's just recurring. Yeah, he's on a show that he's not on. It's yeah. bonkers because I remember like one of the very first leaked set photos or whatever. It was Enoch and him just chilling out. Yeah, so we've got three episodes left next week, August fifth, and then a double episode on August twelfth. Last episode is directed by Jed Whedon. So Jed's or written by, I'm sorry, not directed by. Um, As it should be. So, yeah, you, yeah, I don't think he's written an episode in a long time though. No. <laughs> so, uh, at least nothing this season. So, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. So the anyways. afterlife stuff was the first time. I mean. Afterlife was in that season where a bunch of us kind of stopped caring about S.H.I.E.L.D., wasn't it? The way it kind of worked, as I remember it, I think this is right, season one, you know, muddled around until the big Hydra reveal. And then the first half of season one was the race for the Diviners and trying to, you know, who could get to them. And there was Absorbing Man and Xena Warrior Princess was on it for an episode before they killed her off. 
Um, and then the mid-season reveal was that the Diviners released Terrigen and that Daisy was actually Quake. Or Sky was actually Quake. And then the second half of that season was then Inhumans and... Um, uh, Inhumans and... Uh, oh, the guy, Captain from Star... Um, oh, jeez. Battlestar Galactica was on it. Anyway... So yeah, the second half of that season was all Afterlife. I was into it because Inhumans had just been in, you know released into the show, and there was a lot of talk about how it would connect to the Inhumans movie that never happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I um, I mean, I I didn't love the Afterlife stuff just like I didn't love it before. Um. I mean, I had far more interest in Daniel Souza learning to use his new leg. I just wanted to see, like, a whole episode of him being like, let me climb that ladder! Let me run down this hallway! And, like, coming up with random stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, we all knew that her mom was going to have a bad ending, didn't we? Or become a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and travel through time with them. I just, I don't know. Like, I've loved the time travel things. This episode could have taken place at any point in any time in history. And it really wouldn't have changed, you know? Like, it's just the afterlife and lighthouse sets all over again. The time travel, I think, has been dropped entirely. I mean... They can't time travel till Deke fixes the machine. Yeah. So, one thing I did notice, I don't know if you guys felt this way. There's this moment where Gemma has this, like, revelation. She goes... Maybe it's not Fitz who's been sending us the coordinates. Maybe we were just following the Chronicons. And I was like, wait a minute, how is that not how it's always been working? And you know, like, right, that's what right. I already that's thought we were thought doing. Was like, it was like she had this major revelation based on a plot point I don't even understand. And I watch the show regularly and religiously. Like, I just. Huh. So, like, in this episode, we have the return of um, Bill Paxton, but he's young, right? Um, if they're going to do that, if they're going to give us a young version of a character who they can't get the actor for, because obviously he passed instead of giving us young agent Garrett, why don't we have a young Bruce Banner or like a young, you know, Clint Barton? Like if they're going to go with younger version replacement actors, why don't you give us somebody interesting? You know, like, it's already a new character and a new face to us. Like, go big or go home. It seems kind of weird that the big reveal is to be like, Agent Garrett. Yeah, but that was his son. So it was kind of a cool nod, at least. Oh, is that his son? Yeah, it's Bill Paxton's, Bill Paxton's son. Who I'm not even oh. sure if is an actor, is it? Um, I Based on his performance, I would suggest not. Right. Uh, what was the kid's <laughs> name? James, yeah. Oh, he is an American actor. Um, so there's that. I mean, but everything about about young Malik and young Pax, like, it's all melodramatic. Like, they're all just like, I'm going to be traditional villain! Like, <laughs> right, like, yeah. just put a handlebar mustache uh, on yeah. him, and like, I don't know why. I found young, um young Garrett to be the most obnoxious character on the history of this show. Like bring back Lincoln, give me Deke all day long. 
every time he was on the screen, I just wanted to turn the television show off. I just hated that character so much. On that note, are y'all surprised we haven't gotten Ward yet? Very surprised. Very surprised. I think it's, I think it's coming. So I, uh, when was that? Tuesday, I talked to uh, Colpack, Marky Mark, and uh, according to him, the last three episodes play like a blockbuster movie. So he says the his favorite, his top three favorite moments from the entire series all fall in the last three episodes. Well, then we better get some Grant Ward. So maybe he was... And, right, so maybe he's overselling it, but those visuals in the the teaser do look dope. About those like ships coming out of like hyperspeed or light speed or jump speed or the portal points or whatever, those that look kind of cool. But I still don't know. Hey, what that we're is. at least finally gonna get Fitz back. Apparently, right. so remember when everyone thought like they were gonna dust halfway through the season? That was fun. <laughs> maybe they dust halfway through the next three episodes. Can you admit if the se- oh, that'd be so frustrating? That's how the series ends. <laughs> they just dust. dust. Like, oh no. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a downer. I, I generally love this season. I just this episode just wasn't there for me all that much. You know, I just yeah. I don't know. I found myself daydreaming about a plot where the Chronicons are all trying to assassinate the Avengers as children. And I just feel like that could be a really weird, twisted, fascinating shield where they're like saving an eight-year-old Bruce Banner. I think that could have been, you might as well do it, you know? I mean, I'm guessing Feige and company would have liked it. but I mean, Sousa and young Tony Stark, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew he talks about knowing yeah. his dad and, you know? Like, yeah, there's lots of things they could have done with that, but... Obviously, this was an episode to get them to whatever they're doing next. Yeah, there's those occasional transitional episodes. And... Yeah. I I did notice this weird thing with this season. Traditionally, I love S.H.I.E.L.D. The more and more it's like a big interconnected story. And I remember like mocking the first season because it was the monster of the week. This last season, the more it's a bottle episode, the more I like it. You know, like the one-off episodes that have a very like distinct feel to them, I've actually enjoyed much more than these more generic connective tissue ones. But I think that goes back to what I was saying last week. Like those bottle episodes focus on our core cast that we're getting ready to say goodbye to. You know, it's it's focusing on them and 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 developing their relationships or you know focusing on their relationships and i mean because ultimately who gives a crap about gordon or malik or i mean like i was just i was just about to say who needs another gordon colson scene yeah out loud right i i mean i remember being sad that gordon died or like i i don't know i just like yeah, I don't need that right now. What I want is I'm like, I have three episodes left at this point of this cast. I want them. I want it to be about them. I don't give a crap about Baby Malik. I don't give a crap about the Chromacons. I want them. I mean, and Daisy's alive. Her mom died. She didn't blip out or anything. Yeah, Back to the Future rules seem to be out, so. 
So maybe daisies are well no, she would know when she was born um maybe maybe she's <laughs> 10 years older than she thought because she grew up in like everything's everything's happening faster you know they already have the triskelion they already have like certain things maybe they already have a daisy or she was just like lied to by foster care or whatever as she was growing up like yeah yeah that's terrible those those nuns at saint agnes they lie to her but Adam, you, you opened by talking about um, agents and doing a good job or a bad job. If I'm whoever plays Sybil, I'm frustrated that I'm still somehow on the show and yet I'm not actually as an actress on the show. They're like, no, Sybil's here. Trust us. She's just in this box that we don't actually have to pay to be here. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh. Yeah. All right. Hoping for, I think, better things next week. From good old Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Alright, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about tonight before we wrap it up? For listeners, I just cut out a long, massive silence, so no. <laughs> Alright, let me uh, pull up, just see if we have any mail. Will you guys, can one of you check Twitter for me, please? So there was somebody on Twitter that definitely tweeted at us. I don't know if you guys saw it. Oh no, do they not like us? <laughs> no, it's about the Jeff Loeb stuff. Oh, okay. Asking us if we were going to say anything about our Lord and Savior Jeff Loeb, and I think we did. We said a lot so, about Jeff Loeb, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he was ever any of our Lord and Saviors. I just really liked. Him. No, that's a com- that's a phrase that people have used. I think the Collider guys have used for um, uh, Kevin Feige, but it was more like. Uncle Jeff is more the way we talked about him. Turns out it might be uncle yeah, uh, racist yeah. Uncle Jeff. So I was about to say I have I have lots of racist uncles. <laughs> so it's still, um, yeah, it's well, still fits the bill of an think, uncle. And I think I it may have been confusing for some listeners because we recorded that podcast before any of those comments were made. Yeah, um, yeah, it came out Sunday night, but we recorded it on Thursday, yeah. so uh, we didn't say anything about it in our last podcast because it hadn't happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over on the website, Dave, um, could Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feasibly connect to the MCU back in the Loki-verse? The TVA could be a natural extension after the events of this season, and perhaps that's what... Oh, th- that, would be, that would be fascinating. If they find Fitz and he's a member of the TVA and it connects to the, uh, the Loki show, I mean, they'll never do that, but that's kind of interesting. I have lost all hope for any larger MCU canon stuff. When's the last big one of those moments we got the Ultron Helicarrier? The Doctor Strange portals? Uh, yeah, basically. Well, Now, there was one in this episode, I think. Did you guys catch like an Easter egg for a Marvel movie in this one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Coulson said, which death was your favorite? Okay, so there was that, but I think also I could be wrong. I think Deke has the exact same headphones as Star Lord. Oh yeah, yeah, because the um, and it was the like Deke mixtape or um, Deke Squad mixtape number. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. I think they were totally trying to set because it's about the right time for like when Star Lord would have been a kid in the eighties, right? So Deke and Star Lord had the same set of headphones because as soon as I saw him, I imagined him on that big blue prison guard alien, you know, from Guardians One. Yes, yes. 
Oh, the one thing that we didn't talk about was the Hawkeye images that you guys tagged me. Oh. Or that you tagged me in this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense that that's from the, the video game. The video game... I mean, I don't do video games. Like, at some point during quarantine, I bought a PS4. And at some point during quarantine, I sold it on eBay for about the same amount I bought it for. Um, but... At Comic-Con last year, so a year ago, they had some of the video from the Avengers video game, like, and stuff, and it looked very cool. Um, but you guys got me all excited that it was a Clinton Barton with, with, uh, hearing aids. Like, I thought maybe those were images for the show. Um, and they weren't. They weren't, but it's it's cool. I'm excited for the game because, you know, Kamala Khan is the, like, central character of it, which for me is pretty cool. I love, you know, Miss Marvel. So, even though I still don't love the character designs, I think we kept thinking they were going to get refined and get better by the end. They still look kind of wonky to me, like Thor, but nonetheless, I might have to get the game. I don't know. It's... I, I, it looks like the gameplay could be pretty good. So, um, Only other thing in the mailbag, Love Waffle just said, biggest development of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since the last podcast. So is it, Sousa got his robot leg. And yes, he has. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They missed out on just like montages of him doing random things to test out the leg. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. We really appreciate uh, you listening and supporting. Share it with your friends. Uh, support us over on Patreon. That helps us pay for our bills. And we'll be back probably next week. Talk more S.H.I.E.L.D. See you later.